SCJ Summit 2016 is making its final stop in New York City November 2nd. Learn from speakers at Google, Condé Nast, ESPN, Zillow, and WordStream. Get 10% off your ticket now using the code SEJNerd at searchenginejournal.com slash SEJSummit2016. Audible.com is a leading provider of audiobooks. Sign up today for a free 30-day trial at searchenginejournal.com forward slash audible and get your first book for free. We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world and all we can think about is where... Where can I hook up my mom? Digital pen part of work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Nerds. My name is Kelsey Jones. I am the executive editor at Search Engine Journal, and I'm so excited to be joined by my homies today. Debbie Miller, she's the founder of Social (laughs) Hospitality, and uh, Amanda Russell, also known as Mandy Russell in the Streets communications editor of Gergich and Company. So thank you so much for joining me today, guys. My pleasure. Excited to be here. This is great. So today I really wanted to talk to you guys about being awkward at conferences because, uh, Mandy, I met you at a conference. And then, Debbie, I met you in real life after we already booked a trip to Greece together at a conference as well. So (laughs) I think we need to talk about it. That's true. Yeah, we not standard ha- practice. Yeah. Hey, uh, my husband was like, oh, you're going to go to another country with your internet friend. Cool. Cool. But it worked out. <laughs> totally safe. Yeah, it was totally chill. Um, you didn't try to, like, drug me or anything. So we're all good. So um, talking about being awkward, because I feel like I'm pretty awkward, especially in at conferences and networking events. And so I thought it might be helpful to everyone else that feels uncomfortable um, have some of our pointers. So I want to get it out of the way just to clear the air what your worst networking experience has been so everyone listening can feel cooler than we are. So Mandy, <laughs> what, what was your most awkward uh, networking or conference experience? So... My alma mater is known for its networking, and I was able to get a job interview thanks to a woman who I didn't know, but we had both gone to Texas A&M. And due to a series of unfortunate events, I ended up at the interview late, looking like I had been caught in some sprinklers, completely (laughs) unprepared, and they were still very gracious. They let me come in. You know, we were talking... And she, one of the interviewers asked what, uh, what I wanted to do, what, why I wanted this position. I said, well, I really don't want to work for a company that's all about profits and driven by profits. And I want to do good in the world and really, you know, forge my place as a world changer. And they're both kind of staring at me. And she goes, we work with the pharmaceutical industry. We are all about profits. <laughs> The woman who had referred me was just kind of sitting there with this smile on her face like, I don't even know what to do with you right now. So if she is out there listening, I'm really sorry. Thank you for trusting in me even when I was not trustworthy, but that's okay. just wasn't meant to be, but I ruined it. I ruined it. <laughs> it was awful. 
Yeah, but now you know. I mean, maybe it's good that you knew that instead of getting the job and hating it. Oh, for sure. And I should have done more due diligence on my part. This was early on in my career. Um, but I felt so terribly because she reached out to me because I'm an Aggie, because I went to this school. And I just completely dropped the ball. <laughs> that is pretty awkward. Debbie, can, <laughs> can you top it? Do you have an awkward I am, experience? I, I, sad, I sadly cannot top it. The only I can't think of one specific instance that was incredibly awkward, or the, although there have been some awkward conversations definitely that have happened. But I think my this might be more of a pet peeve than an awkward situation. But my awkwardness is usually from conversations that don't flow naturally, whether it's myself or them. But it might be it's usually stems from just not having compatibility in whatever we're talking about or um, whatever the case may be. So mm -hmm. there's been times where like maybe I'm talking to someone about social media and then someone they know or they've met earlier in the night happens to come up at a networking event and join the conversation, but they don't really fit in with what we're talking about, which is not to say that what they're talking about <laughs> isn't, isn't important to them, but just it's more like makes the conversation go downhill really quickly if you don't know how to communicate with someone in a different industry or just on a totally different wavelength. So I've had that happen a couple of times. And I think also the people that that don't uh, that don't network well they just kind of come up and they just kind of hand you your business card and then say oh here's what I do and here they're just very salesy so that that kind of stuff bugs me more and I don't really know often how to communicate with those kind of people especially if they're in a different industry or something that's not of compatibility with what I do and then also people who um like add you to their email list right away from oh when they yes. get your business card yeah. and then oh. and then I want to I want to politely say remove me right now a-hole I didn't consent to this but obviously you can't say that so then you have to very professionally unsubscribe and then I've had people write back to me and say oh why did you unsubscribe and I'm like are you kidding me no. like and, you, and even people that actually that that reminds me of sure even someone I know in real life that I'm semi like social media friends with in, in Orange County like I've had like kind of social media quote-unquote friends that I've met their events add me to their mailing list and like one's like a real estate mail and just it's not relevant to me personally so stuff like that and then unsubscribing from it just through the standard unsubscribe channel and then I packed on the email oh why'd you unsubscribe can I can is there anything we can update for you on your preferences and I was like I never opted into this what so I've mm -hmm. had some situations like that where just always make sure that consent is there when adding people to your mailing list and make sure it's a fit for whatever they are even if they're your semi-friend make sure that it's a fit so that you don't create these awkward situations yes I agree so my most awkward is there used to be these tech conferences in Kansas City, and they don't have them anymore. Um, but I, I, I don't get as nervous now just because I there's all these SEJ summits that we have every year um, and PubCon that I don't get as nervous. But this one tech conference, I was super nervous, and I was texting my brother, and I'm like, oh, my God. What if I you know, go introduce myself to someone, and they just don't want to talk to me? And my brother's like, oh, that'll never happen. When will that happen? Well, it happened to me because I went up <laughs> and introduced myself to this guy. And he was like, yeah, I'm looking for my coworker right now. And like literally walked away and I was just standing there. And it was like my no. worst nightmare. Yeah, it was my worst nightmare. So I but feel see, like... You the, you're not the bad networker there. He is the one who just completely... It, that's yeah. idiotic yeah I don't and it was like a networking break so it wasn't like the end of the day and he's like trying to get a ride and I'm like running after him 
and he was just standing around. He didn't look like he had a purpose. Like if somebody's on their phone or walking away from me, obviously I'm not going to chase after them, like yelling, <laughs> yelling my name. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like nothing bad can happen to me after having that bad experience because that was like my worst fear realized. So, That's good then. Yeah. It's a positive. At least it can only go up from here. Exactly. <laughs> so Hopefully. Can, conversely like what what when you have good networking experiences what what is it about those experiences that you guys like and appreciate I mean are there certain things like certain types of people or banter or the way people act that you think makes makes networking less awkward I think it's just when people don't take themselves too seriously and are actively listening to others and wanting to get to know others. I've met some incredible friends thanks to networking and conferences and these different events. Kelsey, you and Debbie and uh, Michelle Lowry and just all of these different people who I now consider good friends who I'll text on a regular basis and you guys help me with me with my professional life and my personal life and that's been huge. I really appreciate that. Yeah, to piggyback off that, I was going to say a similar thing, too. I've made a lot of friends through social and through networking. And I think it comes down to compatibility, kind of kind of the opposite point of what I was saying before about lack of compatibility, making it awkward. If there is compatibility, that can help cultivate relationships, whether they be business relationships or personal ones. I think the business ones can happen if there's mutual, obviously, business needs or issues that arise that the two would work well together on. And then personally, I think it just comes down to you know, having similar senses of humor, having similar mm -hmm. intact, obviously stuff to talk about. Um, I have some varied levels of friends that I made through networking. Some are more, um, like I still talk business with them mostly. And then I have other ones that I just now we talk about movies or books or whatever, you know, stuff like that. So I think it, it, it spans different subjects as well. So it comes down to, I think, just think the different personalities and how you are with them. But I think a sense of humor is definitely always a good icebreaker. Mm -hmm. People who are open to people who genuinely want to help is nice. There's yes. some people who yes. act like they want to help and they don't really. But then people who make those introductions to um, to you to other people that might be a good fit for you professionally and stuff like that. That's always helpful in both showing that you're a genuine person and in kind of giving back to someone else. Yeah, I agree. I think sense of humor is huge. Uh, if you instantly can joke around with people, um, it kind mm -hmm. of humor kind of brings people together faster than anything else. I would say. Um, Agreed. I don't know. Just like being open and positive and not talking about yourself. Like, you know what I hate? Oh my god! You know what I hate <laughs> is when you're at a conference and you have a name badge that hangs down like in between your boobs, and then people are staring at your name tag to see where you're from <laughs> to decide whether or not to talk to you. I really hate that because it makes me feel like if I wasn't with a huge company, they wouldn't waste their time on me. And I've seen people at conferences see where I, who I work for and then decide to talk to me. And that really bothers me. I feel like you need to look people in the eye and give them a chance because you never know who someone might know. Like I have... Exactly. I have random friends that are like a secretary somewhere and they happen to know like, so for instance, one of my good friends is a cake decorator. She knows um, one of the directors at Slack just randomly. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you never know like who, 
the person you meet will know. And I think that's something really important to remember. Well, and it's always fun to meet the Rand Fishkins or the Sarah Birds of the world. But, you know, when you meet people who aren't quite as far up the totem pole and then watch them as they go up and you have been there from day one, that's even better. You know, you get to experience their triumphs with them and then, you know, 10 years down the road, you're like, well, I knew him when he was just, you know, a widget pusher in the assembly line. <laughs> True. That's a good point. Yeah, it's cool watching. That's what I really like out of networking is getting to meet people that are just as driven as I am and then supporting mm -hmm. each other. So, you know, helping them when they need help, sending referrals when I can, um, giving them opportunities to do interviews or to talk to other people. I think that's just as important as what happens afterwards, after you meet someone. Totally. Definitely. And that brings me to another question I was going to ask you guys. Um, what's your follow-up protocol after events? Like, if you really hit it off with someone at an event, do you send them an email like a few days later or do you follow them on Twitter? Um, is there anything specific you do every time or just when it feels right? I think for me, it, it depends on the level of communication I have with the person. A lot of times I will send a follow-up email usually the next day or two. And obviously a personalized message that speaks to what we talked about as opposed to the spammy, like I've, I've had instances where someone, they're very clearly mass emailing everyone they met at the networking event kind of thing. Yeah. And that's obviously very spammy. So sending a personal message and then if if we hit it off a talk for a while, usually look them up on LinkedIn or add them on LinkedIn as well. Sometimes Twitter, but I think LinkedIn is usually where I'll start to kind of cultivate a professional relationship. And then if it gets more more fun and friendly, I'll go to like Facebook or Twitter maybe, but usually I keep it on LinkedIn and email and then see where the conversation goes and how the relationship evolves from that point. Yeah, what I found normally is that when I'm at the actual event, and this happened um, at the summit that I went to in uh, Santa Monica with you, and, uh, with you, Kelsey, was she and I were talking, we were getting along great, and then we immediately added each other on LinkedIn. And then the next day or whenever it was, I went back, saw the message, and was just like, hey, it was wonderful to meet you. I hope you had a great trip home. Uh, if you're ever back in San Diego, let me know. Let's grab coffee and talk shop. Um, and obviously, that's not going to be for everyone. If I meet someone and it's just a purely professional relationship, then I'll just say, if there's anything I can ever do to help you and your company, please let me know. Uh, otherwise, if I want to be real friends with them, I kind of try and invite them to come back down and spend time and let's get to know each other and see what we can do to help each other in the future. Yeah, I agree. I think, Debbie, what you said and then uh, Mandy, you echoed it, is sending that personal note. So bringing up something that you guys talked about um, can really you know, help solidify that bond. Another thing that I've been doing at SEJ Summit lately, which... By the way, um, if anyone listening wants to go to our last SCJ Summit of the year, it's November 2nd in New York, and you can get uh, $50 off if you use the promo code SCJNERD. Okay, I'm done. Um, <laughs> what, what we've been doing is we'll take selfies with people. So I bring my selfie stick, um, Athena 2, because yeah. <laughs> Athena 1 named, was in Greece, and it, we she, named her uh, Athena in Greece. Yep, Athena 1 um, lived a great she, life. 
she she suffered a fatality in Greece, and then we had to buy super glue from a Greek vendor to try to reassemble her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, long life. So Athena two <laughs> comes out, and I make I make I'm using that softly, but basically I'm using my influence to get people to take photos with me. Um, but then I <laughs> I add them on Twitter or I'll tag them in the photo on Twitter. And people love that. Like a lot of times they'll retweet it. Or um, I did that with, uh, I think it was Dario Zadro. I hope I'm not butchering his last name. I met him in person at the Chicago SCJ Summit. And so we took a selfie together and I tagged him. And then we ended up having a little conversation in the Twitter direct messages just about how nice it was to meet each other. So photos can be a really cool way to break the ice too, um, especially if you have a selfie stick or if you have something that's a conversation uh, breaker. Sometimes that's a little touchy. Like you don't want to be the person that's always wearing like those crazy pants or blazers just to get people to talk to you but sometimes it can work like if at certain events depending on the vibe if you have like a really cool piece of clothing or um, a shirt that shows that you're part of the conference I don't know something to like break the ice I think can help with networking as well Um, I don't know another thing that we had we had a vendor here locally a couple years ago that actually made twitter badges back when we were doing tweet ups all the time like five six years ago and so people were able to get and they were pretty cheap too but it was just a little twitter badge that had our handles on it and it's great it was great for multiple reasons and it had a magnet so it didn't go through your clothes or anything but it was a great way for people to identify who everyone was because for example when i first started people didn't know right away that i was the big Dabowski, my Twitter handle, people don't connect when I say, hi, I'm Debbie. Not all the time. They didn't realize until I said, oh, I'm the big Dabowski, that they realized that I'm someone that they've been tweeting with, for example. So if right, you have a different, right. if you have a different handle online than your real name, sometimes that helps bridge the gap, but it's also a good conversation starter. Um, I recently found it actually and wore it to another event and people are coming up to me asking about it and asking where I got it or asking me about my Twitter handle or laughing about it or whatever the case may be. So it actually worked as a conversation starter as well when no one else really had it in the, at the event, but it was something, obviously, everyone recognized that it was a social media handle and it had a little Twitter icon on it and stuff like that. So making some sort of custom um, badge that has your information or has some sort of value to, to start conversations can be useful as well. Well, and I know that there are some conferences, like I believe it was State of Search, that started doing their name badges as your name. And immediately underneath was your Twitter handle mm-hmm. and then was the company that you worked for. And so people would come up to me and I'm a big nobody. I work behind the scenes on everything. But they would see my Twitter handle and they're like, oh, I've talked to you before. Exactly. And that yeah. immediately starts the conversation. Yep. Another thing I've did, done with Twitter too, and it was actually at State of Search, which I'm going to be at this November if anyone listening will be there, hit me up. Um, I found a girl that I wanted to meet in real life, and she was speaking. Um, and in her Twitter bio, she mentioned that she loved grilled cheese. And I, <laughs> I also, too, consider myself a grilled cheese aficionado. So I tweeted her, and I said, hey, I'm at State of Search 2. I'd love to meet you and talk shop about, you know, what cheese is best in grilled cheese or whatever, you know, something (laughs) funny from her Twitter bio. And it totally worked. And then when I met her in person, it totally worked out. And maybe because we're all huge, like online geeks, but um, it totally worked out and we could talk about it. And she remembered me 
Um, I didn't have to go into this long spiel about who I was. Like I just mentioned the tweet and she's like, oh yeah, that made me laugh, blah, blah, blah. So maybe put something funny in your Twitter bio or an interest you have. Mm -hmm. And then if you're going to go to a conference or a networking event ahead of time and you can see who else is going, um, maybe pick out a few people that you want to meet and tweet at them ahead of time. That kind of is a good icebreaker as well. Well, and all of these social media sites, you know, you have Twitter, you have Facebook, LinkedIn, well, mostly Twitter and Facebook or Instagram, whatnot. You know, they do have their pitfalls, but one of the great things for professionals is we can get a little glimpse of who the person is before we actually meet them. So we, then we can go and meet them, have that bit of connection, and then hopefully start the relationship. And people who are more awkward at first in social interactions can kind of hide behind the computer for a minute and just be a friend online. But, you know, sometimes that helps just to kind of get the conversation started. And then once the relationship has already kind of been defined online, once you meet back up again, it's a little easier to be sometimes a little less awkward. And, you know, I think, I think um, social media has really helped awkward people with that basic step mm -hmm. of getting to know people um, without having to sit there and listen to them talk about their life or, you know, they get to see the pictures or something. I don't know. I think it's a great tool. Yeah, I agree. I appreciate being able to stalk people that I'm going to see in real life. <laughs> <laughs> so much easier this way. Really? I know. Um, so, um, you know, one other thing that I think might be helpful for the audience is, so let's say, you know, maybe you're, you didn't get a chance to stalk everyone that's going to be there. I mean, I know you have a life. What are some good, like, icebreaker questions to ask people? Like, do you just go up to a group of people and introduce yourself? Or do you, like, you know, kind of capture a lone gazelle, like, off by the drink table <laughs> and, and ask them to talk to you? Like, what's your guys' strategy? I usually will look at body language. So mm. it kind of depends. Like if I make eye contact with a, a solo gazelle, I might start a conversation <laughs> with them. But usually I'll look at body language of, of groups. So this is something that I, I've been doing more and it seems to be be efficient. So looking at groups and how they're, if they're all, like if there's a circle of three or four people and they're all kind of, it's a closed circle and they're all looking at each other and clearly engaged in their own conversation. I don't want to pop in and interrupt that because they're obviously in the middle of something, but usually you can see people who are, are circles of people who are more open. So they're kind of more facing outward and they're still talking to each other, but they're more open and willing to take on a solo gazelle such as yourself. Then you can sweep in there and, and join the conversation. They're usually pretty open to that. So I think people, body language is something that's subconscious, I think when networking, but when you kind of stop and kind of audit the room, you can usually see who's open and who's closed. And that's a good way to find people to talk to. And then, yeah, I'll just usually go up and say, hi, I'm Debbie. And, you know, we'll have a brief introductions and see if obviously certain people there might be worth expanding the conversation with. And then others, if there's not a fit, you can move on pretty quickly. So I think usually just kind of introducing and where are you from or what do you do or however the conversation gets rolling and then see from there how long to stay with that group and or then transition to another one. Well, and I think that's really smart, too. You go to a group where you have a number of people, you know, two or three, who are just actively listening. And then you kind of join in as an active listener. And then, you know, little conversations tend to break off from these big groups as they get too large. And then once you're part of one of these smaller groups, um, you know, just 
the everyday banter of, hey, where are you from? How did you get here? How did you hear about this event? And then I like to ask them the horrible questions that every therapist asks, which is like, what do you enjoy about your job? Um, do you have a dream job? What's your next step? What do you enjoy doing? Do you, do you volunteer? Asking those questions that maybe aren't quite as common because, you know, if you're an editor, they're like, oh, well, what do you edit for? And I'll answer the question. But if they say, well, what is your dream job? Oh, well, sit down because this is a 20-minute conversation and I'm going to just tell you everything. <laughs> you know, so, and that may open it up with someone else who maybe they have a dream job that's completely separate from what they're doing currently and maybe you can help them get there or you can connect them to someone who can get them there. Um, and that's another way that those relationships are really solidified when you can help each other get to the dream job or the goal or the next milestone. Yeah, that's a really good advice. That's great. People like talking about themselves. It doesn't matter how awkward they are. Um, it's just the way <laughs> the way we are as humans, the way we're wired. People like talking about themselves so, and what they're well, doing. Well, I'm fascinating, so of course I like to talk about myself. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, um, I think we're about the end of our time. So just to kind of wrap it up, um, do you guys want to give like your number one tip for not feeling shy or intimidated when you walk, you know, the first time you walk into an event or a networking hour? Like what's, what's the one thing you do or you could recommend to help people feel more comfortable? Just lick her up. Just take some shots. No, I'm just kidding. I think <laughs> fireball. I think yeah, yeah. Fireball shots. You know, loosen right up. Perfect. No, I think I think just going in with an open mind and and not being shy. Like I think you might feel self conscious if you're new to networking, and I certainly did as well. But I think everyone feels that way. So Absolutely. just being being confident and being assertive and talking to people and not being afraid to go up to those open groups and introduce yourselves as opposed to just sitting in the corner awkwardly, that's obviously not going to get much accomplished. So just being open and kind of free-flowing and mellow and and letting the conversations happen as naturally as possible as opposed to being stiff and uptight and awkward. Yeah, I would just say fake it. You know, there are times where you go in and you just feel like the dumbest person in the room, but chances are high there are a number of people who feel the same way but are faking their way through it. And even if you do have a moment where you say something where you feel like a complete tool and, oh my goodness, I just ruined my entire reputation, chances are extremely high either that person didn't even notice or B has had a similar instance where they know that they've had a terrible interaction that went horribly awry. You know, nobody's a unique butterfly. We all screw up. We're all awkward. We're all, we all have our self-confidence issues. And the faster we realize it, the more the easier it is to be human around other humans, you know? So yeah. just relax. It's going to be fine no matter how much you screw up. I like that. Yeah, I like the thinking about the other people are probably uncomfortable too. Um, it's true. One thing that helps me, and I hope this doesn't set the female race back like 100 years, but if I, if my hair, if I look on point, like if I look fresh to death, then I have more confidence. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I have way more confidence. Look fresh to death. <laughs> if I look fresh to death, I pop in that room and everyone's like, who is that bee? It makes it easier. <laughs> so spend the money to get a fly outfit. You'll be fine. It's cool. It's all good. <laughs> well, as someone who has seen you at multiple conferences, you often look fresh to death. So good job with that sure. one. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well... <laughs> Debbie and Amanda, thank you so much for joining me. I had a lot of fun, and I hope that our tips were helpful to everyone else. This was fun. Thanks. It was very fun. All right. Well, um, again, this is Kelsey Jones with Search Engine Journal signing off. Thanks, everyone. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.